Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests bring you leading-edge astrology conversations through a journey of soul growth patterns connecting astrology's energetic cycles. Get ready to understand your path in the cosmic roots of the stars. Hello, I'm Sue Rose Minahan, and I'm host of this program, Talk Cosmos. We have astrological conversations and our panels every week. And today will be the Moonbeam team because we're in the eclipse season. And the season, what does that mean? It means that the moon and the sun in their orbital path actually connect with the with their path of the nodes of the meeting point. It's simple, yet it's complex. And they're arbitrary, they're not arbitrary, but they're these points in space. And it is a season because as it approaches, the world is a vibrational experience. And yet vibrational is maybe abstract too. The moon is a full moon where the light is eclipsed. Eclipsed means that, right? It means, I mean, we build our connotations out of words. And experiencing it is the message. And we can analyze and look at it and whatnot. This hasn't happened yet. We're talking on the 23rd. It'll be three days from now on the 26th for the full moon. We're feeling it, though. I know, like, I lost my backlight. Uh, another member lost her voice. And and so it's like, oh, my goodness, how are you know, manifesting is like, what do we do without it? Yet we rebuild. There is a, we lose something, we gain something. And we know that in life, but experiencing it and dealing and coping with it, managing it and knowing how to go forward and really authentically connect. It's the process and the moon. That's what the moon is right now. It's a full moon. So this lunar eclipse is all about the processing involvement. It's not, well, that's what it is. And that is potentially profoundly deep. It's our memory base, the moon. It makes emotionally things connect to us. So the solar lunar, solar new moon eclipse will be two weeks later. And that is on June 10th. We'll give the times as we talk. And that's where the sun visibility is diminished. The light that nurtures it. Everything is, just think of our solar system. We all orbit around it. And it has this magnitude and, and, and it gives life. Without it, no life. So these are, they happen routinely. It's every year that we have at least a pair of two. Sometimes there's in that calendar year up to five, even more. So I, I haven't, but routinely we know that there's two, about six months apart. And since the nodes are in Gemini Sag, that's what people with that degree or mutable degrees, because it's always in relationship astrologically and astronomically, um, will be affected very strongly. We're using for this um, conversation 
the chart from the East Coast because we are one nation here in the United States. And of course, but the point is the sun changes every two hours into a new house as far as our reference point in um, the horoscope and looking at astrology. And depending on where you are, it's rising at a certain moment and it puts it in a certain house. So that's a whole subject and a lot of information to learn about. And there's wonderful astrologers that teach this. Gemini Brett is one of them. Does his uh, great course in different ways about it. And, and various groups are teaching this. And But for our purpose, because we have to choose or choose no house. And we are the moon, so we are sitting it in the East Coast time. So that relates to everybody. Well, there's so much to add, yet I think that pretty much is enough to say because now we're ready for the Moonbeam team. Relating to the sun and moon's energies, including the planets and the entire cosmos for the month's systematic two-week intervals of the new moon and full moon, plus the annual four to five eclipses, this is your Moonbeam team. I'm Sue Rose Minahan, host of Talk Cosmos, an evolutionary astrologer and consultant, plus a certified color energy coach. I explore creative expression as an artist, a musician, and write abundantly, stories to poetry. I love investigating mythology's language, philosophizing eternity, and I'm a perpetual student of life, seeing oneness of body, spirit of people, animals, and nature. I'm Elizabeth Liz Machette, Certified Astrologer, Sacred Healing Counselor, Tarotist and Numerologist, providing individual consultations, teaching and tutoring internationally, co-author of Gateways to Change, Keys to Navigating the Seas of Life, currently facilitating workshops in Marysville and Camino Island, Washington. And I'm Sarah Stromley, a craniosacral therapist and founder of Brain Body Therapy in Kirkland, Washington. I'm an evolutionary astrologer that incorporates different forms of horary, location mapping, and medical astrology into my practice. I enjoy uncovering flower and mineral frequencies that also support the mind-body coherence that aid in the healing journey. And as Albert Einstein said, energy is never destroyed. Energy only changes. Yes, and understanding those changes ain't that part of the game. Well, Instead of starting off, what do we think is going to happen? We don't know what's going to happen at this point. I don't know. And and I don't want to put you guys on the spot. We hadn't quite talked about it. So we'll just kind of jump in and we'll identify first the timing. And it'll be based on the East Coast, which happens to be at 7, 13 or 14. There seems to be a little difference with because there's always minutes according to a I have 7.14 a.m. on the East Coast, and that is on May 26th. So in that chart, and I can pull it up, of course, we're talking about the moon at five degrees in Sagittarius in 25 minutes. So it's almost five and a half. And it's within five degrees of the south node in Sagittarius, so it is total. It's not viewed in the United States, I don't think. And I apologize for that. I think Sarah might know. And so that's where it's sitting. And in this chart, 
it happens to be sitting in the ninth house. So there's plenty for us to perhaps just to open up with a thought, plenty of belief systems and opinions, higher uh, religions, other cultures that we're dealing with on a personal basis because it's moon, personal, and a collective basis because it's population. And we're theorizing. We're, we're getting the philosophy. We're So anybody... <laughs> Do you have some thoughts? Well, it's Gemini season to start with. And then the full moon. Um, full moons are always beautiful and we can observe them pretty much for anywhere we live. Most people can see them if they have a clear sky. So that's, you know, we can see it with our eyes too and know about it. So that's really exciting. Um, and with this full moon, it feels like there's... Um, Gemini where the sun is and the, the north node and Venus and Mercury that there's a lot of thinking being processed a lot of communicating um, to work things out and then Sagittarius um, it can be about beliefs and hopes too so like what you were saying so that that the both energies and then meeting in the middle yeah this moon is perigee so it's the closest to the earth it's it can get pretty much and so it's going to be they call it a blood moon because um that's the earth shadow going across it so it will be big and spectacular and um the sagittarius themes i mean we've been feeling a lot of energy buildup coming to this and um I think we all feel a lot of internal pressure um, to to have I, decisions made or things in place, um, but there's a lot of thinking processing that's going along with this because a lot of this is so mercurial. It's it's around the the mind, but it's um, you know there's a lot with Sagittarius that's Jupiter that just makes everything bigger. So this is going to be, you know, full moons are more spectacular, but eclipses are spectacular. And the fact that this is compounded as a Jupiterian ruled moon, um, it just feels a little more boundless and a little wilder. <laughs> Excellent points, Sarah, and both of you, but that really hones it back down to ground because the ruling planet, Jupiter, it just changed signs. It went yeah. into Pisces. So that means, and also Neptune, the other co-ruler of Pisces, which I, as a modernist, but I'm embracive, looking at both of them, you know, is squaring, as they call toggling. It's at angles between north and south. So what you're talking about, plus adding to this pot of collective energies, which is almost like a byproduct, Mercury soon after this on the 29th is going to go retrograde and we're in that that pathway where we're beginning to experience the things that we're going to experience when it goes retrograde on the 29th and then you know it's a three-way tangle we we lead up to it then we have the retrograde and then we re-experience it so plus Saturn just went retrograde so our framework of everything is being reconsidered and I mean wow that's so true. When you said we're thinking about things and it's mercurial, I thought that's right. It's North Node always, but 
try to put things in place, oh my goodness, they have no place, right? <laughs> Mercury is stationary uh, um, or about stationary. So everything just feels like a more deeper, more intense thinking process. I'm like, whoa. Um, so things may feel a little slower, um, the pace. And um, yeah, Saturn is also plays into this quite interestingly, because it is um, coming into an applying square to Uranus. <laughs> so our last round of that, you know, it, Saturn is structure. Saturn is, um, Saturn's in Aquarius. Like, how are we going to do this um, in a new way? And um, Uranus is just very disruptive and, you know, wants to make things, um, break things apart to build, rebuild them in some ways, or there's just a little more chaos there. The last the last square that we had between those two, um, which was the first square, we're going to have more coming up, but there's, um, we had the GameStop uh, disrupting the stock market. We had um, major power outages in Texas because, um, you know, electricity is one of those things that Uranus rules and Aquarius rules as well. So there could be just disruptions. Um, just yeah. plan for it. You know, there could be delays. Things might be slower, disruptions. But uh, yeah. Again, just... it, you, you've put so much wonderful fertilizer on so much thought. <laughs> And I come up with all these ideas and Liz, I hope if you know, interject too here, but I'm thinking to myself, you're right. It was February 17th for the first square between these important planets of um, def ruling Aquarius now would be Saturn and Aquarius. And of course, Saturn's in Aquarius and oh, like Saturn and Uranus. And the next one that you're referring to is right after the solar mm -hmm eclipse on june 15th and the last one will be december 24th so i wanted to say that liz did you have a thought before i jump i have several thoughts i'm going to first start with this saturn square uranus it's like we're within orb this entire year and what you and sarah have been talking about are exact conjunctions or hits mm. and so um we're that's a process i believe that's happening all year but i think it gets a little stronger or maybe more intense closer to those dates. So we have three this year. And then I want to go back to Jupiter um, because it's, it feels to me like people's dreams are probably going to have adjustments, people's mm -hmm. wishes and desires, um, you know, perhaps what has they've needed, what they've wanted. It's all changed. I mean, we know with, um, the pandemic, it changed everybody's life in the whole world. And mm -hmm. now what do we want? A lot of people are moving um, for various reasons to be closer to family, um, to be out of the cities. I mean, just all kind. there's a thousand reasons to, so it's like all these adjustments. So Jupiter is 
T square to the nodes so they can be looking back to the south node of how it's been and what's worked and what they want to continue with and then the north node of where do I want to go. So I would say everybody's dreams are being updated, everybody's desires. Yeah, and I remember in our pre-chat that we had, which is standard with our operations here, you brought up particularly, which impressed me because I love it, is to imagine and imagine big. Because if we have dreams and we have the, and this brings in what I was thinking when, when Sarah, you were talking to the whole, that with Neptune, it's um, just to add to it, is the unknown. So if we have the unknown, my feedback is, I love this idea. Let's just imagine right now. There's no, because it's a two month window where Jupiter will have entered the first two degrees of Jupiter in Pisces until June, July 28th, 29th. And then it goes back to Aquarius. And then at the end of the year, practically just before New Year's Eve, it returns to Pisces. So right now that imagination really grounding if you, that's important into the unknown yeah and lots of times when we ask for something or sometimes we don't know how to do it or we might know how to do it but it's like beyond how we our abilities maybe but maybe you can attract somebody into your life to do it because maybe four or five other people have a similar desire and you could do it together as a team there's so many possibilities and with mercury going to be going retrograde here in a few days it's like this is the time to do research collect the information um start writing down little ideas pay attention to what people say pay attention to you know every time you turn on the radio if it says something so it's it, to me it seems really exciting that there's a lot of changes going to happen but changes take effort too. So, yes, and Sarah, you just got inspired. What? <laughs> um, yeah, I could just sense that there's almost like a splitting open that's going to be happening um, internally for a lot of us, and um, I think there's going to be some surprises, <laughs> maybe some shocking news or um, things just unexpected, but there are things that are just going to kind of widen our perspective and help us have more awareness of choices that we've made mm. before and beliefs that we've had and like having more, there's an opportunity to, to have greater perception and greater awareness of being almost outside of ourselves looking at a, a much wider view that's so handy to see it this way because i mean i'm always speaking in tandem to both of you just to have the audience have you know it but because i'm thinking of the um, that relates if i understand what you're how you're coming from is is with uh Uranus, you know, Uranus just breaks the rhythm, and I'm kind of expanding back, but breaks the rhythm. You know, it sits on its side, it rotates backwards, but Venus rotates backwards too. And so 
and, and, and Aquarius, of course, Saturn's in Aquarius, and it's in this square that, Liz, you were mentioning is all over the, you know, is all 2021 that we're groping with, trying to, groping in a sense, because you're wanting to hold on to something, but or to latch on to some uh, sail that'll get you through the seas, right? Through this Neptunian business of unknown. But stepping um, objectively, because the moon, again, since we're talking about the moon, is so personal. It's how we internalize. It's how we process. And yes, it's an important thing to, to realize that it is about choices. Yeah. One thing that I, I'd like to point out with Sagittarius moons, especially full moons, and this eclipse <laughs> is um, Sagittarius kind of rules um, games of chance and gambling. So um, there could be more consequence with just risking too much um so the the balance point of of sagittarius gemini is the virgo uh pisces thing so it's having well taking well considered risks is highly suggested so if there's something that you've been ignoring like um, getting your car repaired or um, taking care of, you know, getting to the dentist or getting um, something taken care of for yourself personally. Like there's been a, cause there's, there's pain signatures in this. And I think this is something that Sue wanted to bring up with Chiron, but it's, this is a really good time to make an investment in those areas. I think that would be kind of the counterpoint of, um, a, a better spend or thing to throw your money at right now. Well, can you see the chart, everybody? Can you both see the chart? I just pulled it up. Um, it's not sharing yet. Okay. I think, yeah, Nathan needs to do that. And we only have a few minutes, but I had forgotten to, because those are pretty pointed things. And of course, and I was trying to reference where Chiron comes in. I think, yeah, uh, uh, where's Chiron? It's at 11,000. Yeah, 11. I, I personally, I um, with Chiron, that's on my own chart. It happens to be uh, minus five Satch. So that's for me. I don't know if I would for this particular chart. But as far as what, you, and you're talking about finances, I'm just trying to kind of get into that. Pain. Let's go back to the pain signature. It Pain can be, if I may preface, because I don't want... Uh, I know you're talking largely, and that's great, but I'm thinking if we don't listen to our authenticity, because what I can notice, can you see it now? Can you see the chart? Yeah, I can yes. see the chart. Okay, good. Then our audience, some of them can, and those listening on the podcast can't. But Uranus, which is a big play actor in this particular chart, of course, I mean, it's all year round, uh, it, because of the square, impending square that's coming up on June 15th for the second time to... Uh, Saturn, and um, but it is con in close con it's it's close to Ceres, and in the solar chart that we'll talk about after the half hour, it it will be conjunct exactly at twelve degrees, and in Taurus, and you could say that 
it, it's the recognition that if we don't, it wants authenticity to have us come to our true self, what's authentic for us in, in our higher being. And if one doesn't notice those changes, as we were noticed at commenting that it is evident in life, you know, especially on the connecting with source of, of however, you know, that intuitive part of us that we all are, that it can be painful that the changes happen and it's painful changes and that's how we interpret them. So I, I wanted, so it is, it is important to consider that it doesn't have to be, but it could be, um, in Jupiter, of course, if it wants to be bigger and in Pisces, it has no boundaries. Yes. There is that, that side of the shadow that could be, uh, over looking too far. If that feedback resonates, you know, I just wanted to kind of add to that conversation. I do see the moon, sun in kind of that tie-in with, I mean, with Chiron. The moon and is how? trining. Yes. The moon yes. is trining Chiron, and uh, the Chiron, the sun is sextiling it. So that's what I just wanted to point out. Oh yeah, okay, that helps. That helps, and yes, indeed, that's right because it's eleven, and besides, right to the nodes, it's so closely. It's yeah. all in there. Yeah, you're right. So in that way, it's actually, I think, if I may, now that I see that, I'm thinking it's a, a positive connection. In other words, it, these issues may happen in our life, but in, it, if I may uh, present that, that in other words, if it's sextile, it's going to be a connection that leads us to uh, our future because the North Node represents the pathway that we are growing and growth isn't always easy to do. You know, it's, it's like letting go of the old and that's what this full moon's all about. What can we shed that isn't working? What's illuminated or what ha should have been illuminated that's out of the picture? It's some belief structure. It's some uh, attitude, opinions. That's one way of looking at it. You know, it's a cultural bias. It could be so many things. And, but it is trying. That means a supportive thing. So perhaps this, if there's something that has not been working for us as a that we felt has wounded, that's the, the meaning of Chiron, this woundedness, we can turn it around to becoming potentially a strength that we can have that information shared to others. Well, uh, go ahead if you have a quick, because we have a half break here. Yeah, and Ch Chiron's how you identify and Gemini's on um, like, association it, both associations and was actually sad with associations and gemini with friendships family or r siblings really but so i think the questions are going to be like who, who am i connecting with or feel connected with and what am i associated with i think there, could be, there could be <laughs> there could be shifts in these areas so deep that's a very good point we will leave on that note. I am with Sarah Stromley and Liz Machette. And this is Suros Minahan of Moonbeam Team about the eclipses. And we'll be back about the solar one and go to Talk Cosmos. Find out about both. We love you. Be back. we take a break from this week's edition of Talk Cosmos, let's take a look at this cycle's archetype. 
We are currently in the period of Gemini. By leaving a cycle based on physical form, integrated through spirit, the energy of Gemini connects spirit with matter, focused on communicating and defining the external. Gemini is a mutable air sign signifying flexibility. Gemini duly focuses upon teaching and learning in order to synthesize the world one lives within. Whether we know it or not, each of us are on a quest to discover our true self. And the road we travel to accomplish this goal is unique for each of us. This is Marie O'Neill's hero's journey of walking her path and overcoming hardship and heartache in her book, And the Lotus Opened. As a memoir of enduring an absent mother and a harsh pseudo family and surviving ongoing abuse and trauma, Marie learns to trust in the divine and in her inner self and release herself from the emotional chains that bound her. She discovers her personal power and who she is, and she learns what being free really means. Now available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com in either hardcover, paperback, or ebook, you can order Marie O'Neill's book and The Lotus Opened and let Marie be your guide as she leads you on your path to authentic freedom using metaphysics, astrology, Buddhism, and healing practices. Talk Cosmos brings you leading-edge astrological conversations with hour-long programs each week on KKNW. The show goes live every Sunday from 1 to 2 p.m. Pacific. Talk Cosmos weekly programs are also available to watch live on Facebook and YouTube, along with daily chats throughout the week on the Talk Cosmos YouTube channel. While you're there, make sure you click like and subscribe buttons so you can get the full Talk Cosmos experience. Or, if you'd rather listen to the show archives with audio only, the entire podcast collection since 2018 is available on most podcast carriers. So, grab your coffee, tea, or kombucha and enjoy the show. This is Dawn Glinsky from Six O'Clock Astrology, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk, 1150 AM, where we discuss the meaningfulness of our roots in the stars. You found us. Maybe you've been guided to listen. Alternative Talk, 1150. Hi, I'm back again. We are back again. This is the Gemini Moonbeam team. We've been talking about the lunar eclipse, which will be happening in a few days on May 26th. It is at five degrees and a half, roughly, of Sagittarius, pretty early. The, the centaur of new visions out there with cultures and beliefs it's where the south node rests. And moving to the solar eclipse, which is when the sun isn't seen, the light is shined out because the earth is blocking it, uh, it will be in Gemini. And it's, it's rounded off that's at 20 degrees Gemini. And we're talking about the uh, east coast to land this, this particular chart. As far as a timing, and you can identify it for your timing wherever you are, it would be at 6.53 a.m. on the East Coast. And we'll bring that up in a little bit, wherever it was, New York, Philadelphia, wherever you are. Now, location does make a difference with it all, but we're talking general. It's good enough for here. It's The Norse node is in Gemini, and right off the bat, 
as we release, if we go through this process of releasing, and in a way, we don't know what we're releasing, really, because when things get eclipsed, it's that turning point. It, it has an effect. And it people will say a couple of weeks, a month, a couple of months. But, you know, it can also be, if it's hitting some point in your chart, the ramifications, as always, has a, a very extended period of time. And it's a systematic. I mean, this is not the only eclipse. I want to say it's one of the processes that we live with. But that is essential. So every eclipse has its purpose and meaningfulness. And this one being with the sign of Gemini, it goes right back to what some of the first things that we spoke about in this uh, collective between the three of us here. And I'll go back to the title. The title, when I surmised the whole thing, was Liberate Multiple multiplicities in other words we have many solutions many options release and liberate into those options because we have choices that was another one that we came up with so i'll bring up the chart yeah go ahead i hear i'd like to just give the um sabian symbols for the lunar eclipse quickly and i really cut it down so for the um, full moon, lunar eclipse, the Sabian symbol would be six Sagittarius for the moon, and it's a game of cricket. How the game is played is important, considering integrity, honesty, and playing by the rules. Teamwork is needed. Then the Sabian symbol for the sun, Gemini 6, is drilling for oil, looking for buried treasure. And I thought that that really went with it's so well, so I wanted to share that. But um, now on to the solar eclipse, new moon. Thanks for letting me it. share that. Oh, <laughs> I, I, it's a, it's very good. It is. I love the idea of um, teamwork and the rules. Uh, one can, because they're changing, right? But there, there's still some sense of a boundary that we have, at least that we're familiar with, because the moon does look back in you know to the the past and some reference i appreciate that you know let, let's bring up this this chart right now and we won't do it the whole time because it's nice to see you guys but anyway <laughs> yeah but here's a little bit of reference and of course in our national and then you can reference this nationally or adjust it but it is in the 12th house and i know um, Liz, you had some thoughts about that too. So maybe you want to start off and then we'll hear. Well, to me, the 12th house can be that it's a, a quiet space. It can be that it's not out in the open. So it can be behind the scenes. It could be in your dream time. It could be when you're in meditation, you could be mowing the, your yard and come up with this brilliant idea. Because I think that there's a lot of self-communication, but there's also communicating with other people. Um just with all the energy that we talked about with the full moon, most that energy is still very active during the, the new moon also. So there's like this incredible energy of, like Sarah said, this great change. It wants to break us open. And yes, we're kind of used to doing the things this way and that way. Um, I find it really interesting that um, so many power tools, blowers, 
um, weed whackers. They're all going to rechargeable batteries. So we're not using gasoline to pollute. Now, I don't know that that's the right solution, but I just, I know that they, we've had a lot of battery operated tools for some time, but it seems like it's really growing. You can even buy rechargeable battery lawnmowers now. So it can be even in how we do our resources. It's certainly with uh, just a quick, because uh, I'm looking at Aranus in up there in the 11th house of with Taurus and the fact of Ceres in Taurus. And they're both now Ceres, the um, goddess of the mother of Persephone and our agriculture and our, what we gives us sustenance and nurturing and what we on the shadow side, what we've lost through grief. And it could be like the, we lose our seasons, no food, and then they come back again. And there's a whole mythology about that that has Pluto taking and, um, the daughter and then the grieving process, but it's reclaiming that grief and transmuting it through love and nurturing and sustenance. And um, it's when we're talking about, I think you, you were talking about resources, that it is a very strong, um, you know, it's strongly associated to Sarah. I'm sure, I'm sorry, I, I threw that out, however, it connects. I thought and support, but I know you have um, ideas. <laughs> I mean, Uranus is ruled by Taurus. And um, I all year I just keep thinking of that um, since it's moved not in ruled, there. But, but in Taurus, not ruled by Taurus. Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, say, so it's yeah. in Taurus, so it's ruled by Venus, is what I meant to say. Yeah, right, right, yeah. So, I <laughs> and I, um, one of the representations of Venus is money, besides love. Yes. But, um, but it's how we value things, and um, Venus is in a making a T square with Saturn. Uranus is at that T. Oh no, never mind. It's I, I'm misrepresented that's okay Sorry. but, you know, but there's really, um yeah well it no, that's right too i'm thinking go ahead go ahead so but i'm thinking about how um you know how people are thinking of security and um how they're going to find comfort and new new forms of income because there's been a lot of disruption to a lot of people's career paths and um and and work and and sources of money so um i think there's been a lot of what what we got from the the full moon you know the the lunar eclipse really raised awareness for what we're trying to settle into with this one so, yes Personally, I hear again and again, if we both this resonates to you, because I'm hearing the word finance and I'm hearing the whole um, idea of resources and work and jobs, which we realized that the last one was in the sixth house with the, 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 the sun, you know, if, if the full, it, anyway, there was well, the United States chart or yeah, 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 right. Exactly. Collect on a collective basis. If we're thinking of this as a collective basis too, but the fact is that opportunity, I think, for this to to, to, to direct our, to, to att um, yes, 
to focus on that because yes, people, rather than this pain, there has been a lot of pain or, or, or hardship or the adjustments of um, using a world that's no longer functioning on the same basis. So of course things are going online and there's a disparity between jobs. There's maybe jobs open, but maybe not in the category of expertise that people have. There's it's layered in so many ways how, but yet beyond all this, you know, when things get cracked open, there's a mosaic that can be remade. Just one analogy, you take pottery and you throw it on the wall and, you have this beautiful picture that's a recreation. So I think really looking, driving from the past, going to the future with this diversity in Gemini of art, going back to the idea of the neighbors, the family, everything that there is, and dreaming big with using that Jupiter in Pisces at the moment without, for the, for the imagination, you know, there's music that it loves, there's cinema, there's ways that it connects into us that's deeper than just these words, it's analogies, it's uh, signs, there's so much to to expand, and this whole idea of networking, I remember that's a word that we use too, networking and a teamwork with other people to build something newer and bigger. Yes, yes, that sounds great. <laughs> And these eclipses, it's like they're, to me, it feels like they're pushing each other. It's like this energy from the planets is, you know, just kind of pushing us, guiding us in a direction. It feels, it feels good. Um, change sometimes isn't the easiest. And also in this Gemini season, we've had Mars opposite Pluto. Um, and yeah. at this solar eclipse, it's starting to, um, widen and Mars will go into Leo um, shortly after the June 10th eclipse but um, you know it feels like some like let's get dig down and make some big changes again you know let's get to the root of it let's not just do the surface and so that can also be like kind of how Sarah said, that can be kind of painful at times to get down to the surface and make mm, the changes. It's like, real. be real about what needs to be changed. Love Don't it. just glass over it. So um, with the last eclipse, it was Jupiter, the Pisces Jupiter that was squaring that moon. And with this eclipse, Neptune um, is being squared by the sun and the moon and Neptune, um, in that tense aspect at 23 degrees of Pisces, um, I see you moving your cursor around. So mm -hmm. to, to help people, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm you're, you're looking, so I'm talking about Neptune, um, Neptune, Neptune right yeah, no, Neptune's no. one over. Oh, you know what? Tent. My chart isn't showing what your chart is. I won't do the cursor. Thank you for that. Okay. Yeah, just identify <laughs> 23. Sounds good. Sorry. But um, Neptune has this, you know, it's a, it works like water. It is in a water sign It and water dissolves. It's a solvent and it's dissolving away what we've known is our, at our core. Um, it's, it's trying, so to me, there can be a bit of 
painful disillusionment with some things. Um, so I just, it's, and there's so much mercury. Everything is tying into mercury, whether it's even the, the, the um, Venus and Mars, they both um, are ruled by the moon, but the moon is obviously Gemini. So it, everything is just so cerebral. Like it's so easy to get caught in this hamster wheel. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really important to remind ourselves that, um, okay, okay, mind, you are my servant. I am not your slave. <laughs> so um, just kind of really doing what you can to um, really step outside of the situation and really question uh, what's what's real, what, what do you really want to change? What, regardless of what choices you've made in the past, what can you choose now that can change all of this? Yeah. And thinking so. of this, that's very true about the mind and Mercury, because here we still have Jupiter in Pisces and looking at as far as like when we speak as astrologers, we're identifying the planet, we're identifying the sign, but then there's something else that's connecting to it. So it's not just end a story and it can, the connections can go on forever, but the dispositor is what we refer to it. And this is basic for all astrologers, but for all, just generally speaking, and I'm prefacing this for me, not for what anybody else has said here, but I'm seeing the importance of the, of tying it together because we have choices of how we want to communicate to ourselves. Particularly here, if we look at the collective, I'm thinking it's in the twelfth house, which is not a cerebral energy, but archetype. The archetype of that is Pisces, which is really this connected with Pisces is of um, music is that vibrational energy that. I was just listening on the television, this wonderful Japanese um, virtuoso person now in her middle years, but as a child, very young and recognized. I have no idea. Midori, I think was her name. And she, she's a violinist. Um, I played violin. I was like, oh my goodness, this person. And she has a school because music she feels for the mission of connecting people. That it connects. So we just know that vibrations and music, it speaks beyond the linear in our mind because words are just symbols anyway. So yes, I think if we can remember with this cerebral possibility, which is strong with Gemini, to go turn on the music, dream up a song, uh, dance a little, move the body because all that tari and you know, just reshift mm -hmm. things. We can get communication. We don't need to know how to express it, but we can feel it. And we are a sentient being. I'm just thinking of the power of that. Yeah, we have so many, um, so many different energetic bodies that we have that just go outside of what the gray matter that's between our brain. Um, so I, I like to think of like splitting our head in into four segments <laughs> and then trying to your yourself in kind of a little slide yourself into a seat that's kind of behind your ears and then imagine you're in a you're the captain of a submarine <laughs> and you're <laughs> taking a periscope and like shooting it down and then 
and your periscope comes out of your heart zone mm -hmm. and you're just able to look out and you can see and you there's so many tools that you can have like your we've sonar we have um different pings and things that we can play with you know as far as there's so many different ways that we can tune into our awareness that is so enhanced with all this Piscean energy. Oh, that's very beautiful visual. Immediately, it reminds me of nature. And I think of that with the Taurus, which Gemini and Ceres is in, and agriculture, which Ceres represents. You know, just to redefine these, these, these uh, areas that are like all about nature. And then Pisces, Jupiter in Pisces, Jupiter that loves the natural world and Pisces that is the wildness. Yes, just getting part of the earth touching in the soil. And it's a good season, at least in the Northern Hemisphere here, where spring going into summer. Yes, tuning that awareness because connecting our body to the senses and to the elements, um, you know, whether, I mean, there's all these, is vital. I mean, what a great way to use the reconnection. I wanted to um, go in here and say the Sabian symbol for 20 degrees Gemini is an abundance of choices. And Sue was just saying choices and the Sabian symbol confirms that. So I thought that was really, really cool. And um, so I would say Sarah's mentioned mercurial things multiple times. So I would say we're all going to be informed or receiving a huge amount of information or a huge amount of communication and to be gentle with your, yourself to take the time to sort mm -hmm. through it. If somebody calls and you can't talk right now, say, I can talk tomorrow or I can talk in two hours or right now is not a good time and be okay with that. Don't feel bad. And that's just one example with that. So I thought it's so on time that the Sabian symbol supports that energy. So I thought that was an interesting addition. I, yes, because essentially we still have a moon and we still have a sun, whether <laughs> they're eclipsed or not. And, and as I think earlier in our own little conversation was the reminder that the moon changes every month. It goes through all 12 signs every two and a half days so that this the energy from this will be dealing with growing with but we'll get help as the moon goes through these different signs and it'll start that energy reflects back you know it doesn't cause things but we react to it it's like whether it's a sunny day or a cloudy day you know there's all kinds of factors mm -hmm. that play into life and this reminder to be gentle because really love and compassion is gentle and that's sort of in harmony. I mean, strongly attached to that because I'm thinking of earlier we had a talk, I think, with the planet Buzz about, no, cosmic collaboration. Because we have the three panels to let our audience know. And we come back every month with a set group. Catherine Metcalf couldn't join us today. She'll be back next time. But thankfully, I have Sarah Stromley of Redmond, Washington, Brain Body therapy.com and Liz Mouchette or Elizabeth Mouchette um, of a light path in Camino Island and Marysville, Washington. And I'm Sue Rose Minahan over here on the big Island, Kalua Kuna. And 
but that earlier talk, we spoke about the fact that Ceres in Taurus is during the same time that Jupiter is in Pisces. And it's a wonderful time to use compassion. So being gentle with ourselves, And you know what? We didn't mention ever, and I, this takes me a moment, that because Jupiter is only two and a half months or so, this period in Pisces, it will retrograde from two degrees Pisces back to Aquarius at tw- and meaning that when Jupiter is retrograde, especially in Pisces, it means be compassion for yourself because in, in Pisces, we're often compassionate and the nurture and the caregiver for others. But when it's retrograde, it's to remind it for yourself, that love for ourselves. Because how we feel about ourselves, we can give out to others. Otherwise, we don't have a lot of energy. And, and I will. Hmm. And Mercury is retrograde too. So I think it's the kindness comes with also with giving yourself more time, like just not stacking your schedule. Really give yourself some time to take care of you. Yeah, so we can make those choices and connect with how we feel about them and everything. And And Liz, I know. And if you've got travel plans, double check everything. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's the details. It's true. And and, and if you can't, well, just, yeah, a little uh, laughter, I guess. But um, next week is going to be in Seattle, Washington, NORWAC, which is Northwest Astrology Conference, and I think it's 35th year. Um, it's all weekend and all three of us I know are enjoying it. And I don't know if I have a guest. I might be giving it solo and that might be just fine. We'll find out. But at any rate, do tune in, of course. And remember, people, we have Talk Cosmos you can subscribe to, Talk Cosmos channel. And, of course, we're a podcast. You can always get these later when you don't have time. And go to Talk Cosmos site.com i've just changed it around a little bit i'm still in the process a couple of things are a little wonky but it's a new look and you can find out about all the guests so this is about we'll have the music in a minute i know but we can now that i've finished with my little broadcast uh i want to know for awareness i'm so grateful to have the panels, so grateful to, for the audience. And I look forward to connecting more, right? We're in Gemini. I want to have people subscribe and comment, and that'll be good. So Sarah and Liz, whatever you have to say, we have the music hasn't started. <laughs> well, I just wanted to say that Jupiter is in Pisces until July let's see, where, 28th. Yes, 28th. And then it'll be back in there in December, so... Yeah. And it was great to see everybody, and I'm looking forward to seeing everybody next month. Indeed. So abundant choices. And Sarah, I thank you for really both of you so much. We'll uh, get in touch with all of ourselves, right? <laughs> all those songs that come to mind. Yeah. And I think Norwalk is year 37 because this will be year oh. 30 for me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No. Oh, oh, that's right. It's going into a second normal return. Gemini Brett. Okay. Yay. Fun voyage. <laughs>
Thank you for joining us on Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and her panel of guests connect soul growth patterns with the energetic cycles of astrology. Be sure to tune in next Sunday at 1 p.m. Pacific time to continue your journey through the roots of the cosmic pathway.